Welcome everybody to Podcast a Week for this, the week of Guardians of the Galaxy. So naturally, naturally of course I'm keeping the MCU train rolling, rolling on. It'll roll on for another three films at least anyway. And continue to roll on then probably every three months or however often Marvel decide to release films. I don't know. I'm not a Marvel executive. I'm not Kevin Feige or Feig or Phage. I think it's Feige, but I can't be entirely certain, so I'm hedging. This week we're talking all about Ant-Man, which is a fun film and you will hear our thoughts about it. We kind of talk around Ant-Man a little bit, but nonetheless, Ant-Man, fun film. We'll talk about that more in a second. Barry's back as usual. And next week, you know, there's other stuff that happens in the MCU. It's not just the film universe. So Rob Reed makes his podcast a week debut next week. He was a podcast a day semi-regular, but he makes his podcast a week debut next week as we dig into other things that happen in the MCU aside from the films. Stuff like TV, the one shots, that kind of stuff. So that's what you can look forward to next week, but right now, Ant-Man with Barry. Welcome back to Podcast of the Week. On this, the week of the release of Guardians of the Galaxy, we'll talk about Ant-Man, because that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know... They're both good movies. Nothing nothing wrong there. I mean, it's not our fault Marvel didn't align properly to our schedule. Yeah, it's just like, geez, geez, Marvel, could you like listen to the podcast and then release films accordingly? It would be nice. Get on the get get the head in the game here. So Ant Man. do do you like Ant Man Barry? <laughs> I do. Um well I mean you mean the character or this movie? Both. Because it's it's like Ant Man is inherently super lame. Because, like mm-hmm. he's an ant and he's a man. And like his his psychic is wasp, and you're just like, really, you're really digging digging through the the trenches of your your imagination there, Stanley. It's like I've done yeah, spiders. Yeah, what it does. It does come off. It done? does come off like it does come off like a, a fake character uh, in like a sitcom episode where they go and see a comic book movie. Um, they go and see Ant Man because uh, they because the, the sitcom producers couldn't get the rights to any actual superheroes so they made up one and called it Ant-Man um yeah I've I've no experience or, or, or understanding of Ant-Man outside of um outside of this film I mean now we're kind of deep in the trenches now of these characters Guardians Galaxy Ant-Man Doctor Strange most recently uh, of these people where their their cinematic excursions are, are basically introductions for me because uh, I had no I had no pre-established knowledge of them yeah they're digging deeper same with like Black Panther and that was, I mean, that was kind of the appeal when they announced it was Edgar Wright involved with this, because it's like, oh, well, good, you know, he, get him involved on something weird that he can kind of do his own thing with. And, you know, specifically Ant-Man, like a character who's, like, inherently not cool, the way, like, Spider-Man and Wolverine and Batman are inherently cool characters. Like, get get him a little oddball character he can have some fun with, and that's actually kind of tantalizing as opposed to... You know, uh, we're going to take this, you know, another character from our back catalog and make another okay action movie with them, which is kind of what they ended up doing. But, you know, initially that idea that they were going to do something super off the wall with it. Do you want a fun tidbit? Go on. In the the 80s, they were going to make an Ant-Man film and like Stanley pitched it. 
but they turned to New World Pictures. But New World Pictures were like, oh, we hear Disney are doing this similar thing, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So, so we're not going to do it. <laughs> well, hey, that was the, I mean, they were wrong even at the time because that movie was great. They were, they were. But Honey, big, I Shrunk big, the Kids killed Ant-Man. Big moneymaker, still a ride in Orlando, I think, is it? I think they've, is it? I was there recently. I actually, I, know. I, I, don't, I don't know if it still is, but I do know that in its time it was quite, uh, quite revered i've been on it oh you've been on it that's cool yeah it's, it has good 3d uh yeah i mean because i think i mean i think the mainstays of orlando they do stand the test of time i if i was to guess just completely off the top of my head i would assume it's still there i know terminator 2 is still there or whatever that whatever the terminator thing that's like terminator 2-esque yeah um that, that hasn't changed in 20 years it's been there to my knowledge um yeah so you know but um I mean, that's, it's funny that you mentioned that because, I mean, it's to think about the mid-90s era of Stan Lee and Marvel pitching these movies and, and people rolling their eyes at them going, who the, what, Ant-Man, Doctor <laughs> Strange, what are these friggin' things? Get out of here with this. What, what, what Rocket Raccoon? You out of your mind, old man? <laughs> We're gonna cast this this really well known actor who's like this super good looking actor, and we're gonna have him play a rocket, uh, a raccoon that you don't even realize is this super famous actor. Great job! Yeah, and we're gonna you know spend lots of money on it. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the same time, get get me Nicolas Cage to play Superman. <laughs> Those pictures are terrifying. They are the most... I have never gotten around to watching that documentary about that film. I, did, actually, did it even come out? I know it was like a Kickstarter thing. But, um, yeah, ah, what a, just a completely odd thing in hindsight. Now that, the, you know, now that we're living in this era where the machine is so thoroughly behind superhero films, to think back uh, 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 to, to that era is, is, is kind of wild. When they had to, like, scratch tooth and nail just to get a film made but like, with, like, Batman. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind yeah. these deep cuts. So the, this film, as it turned out, was not directed by Edgar Wright, even though some of the script did stay in place. Yes, I watched... So my... my I saw this in the, in the theater when it came out. When I was sitting down to watch this last night, my recollection of it was that his like fingerprints were all over it in the final act, which I think is true. Uh, I think I think he's very much all over that final act. But I also, I also felt like there are shades of Edgar Wright sprinkled throughout as well. Uh, I think I think his contribution is pretty notable, and I, I, I do recall the first time I saw the film that he, he his name is featured pretty prominently and pretty early in the credits. Um, so I I think a sizable amount of his work is still in there. Yeah, when when he pulled out of the project, Adam McKay and Paul Rudd took over, just kind of reworking the script as opposed to throwing it out and restarting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's evidence, and um, it's a shame. I mean, I mean, and it's funny because I mean, I, I didn't read too much into why they parted ways. Although you know, I think everyone's guess would be just that he did not have the freedom to do what he wanted uh, uh, because of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. And Creative funnily enough, was the official line. The the official line, right? And and funnily enough, I mentioned how you can see his fingerprints peppered throughout this film. And it's like it's in between the segments of it that are very MCU. This film has a lot of the MCU hallmarks that we've talked about now extensively, you know, uh, over over the course of this series. Um, and and so you you watch it and you're just like, yeah, you could totally see how there would be heads uh, uh, heads would have butted uh, during the course of this. 
Uh, and in some ways, when you look at when you look at like Suicide Squad and how that was kind of a mess because people were on different pages and executives were changing their minds halfway through production and what they wanted, and that turned out to be a mess. This this turning out the way it did, which is to say, a, you know, a fun kind of above average uh, romp, is is pretty impressive. Yeah, it was Peyton Reed who took over, whose most notable films are Yes Man and The Breakup. Oh. I remember, right. I've seen the breakup, and I, I literally can't remember a thing about it. I never got around to seeing Yes Man. Who was in? By which one? I mean, I did. Oh, Yes Man was the Jim Carrey really? one, yeah. Oh, this, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Has anyone like actively went to see a Jim Carrey film since like I don't know, nineteen ninety five? Yeah, since the heyday, no, I don't think so. I uh, I think I saw Bruce Almighty in the cinema. Uh, oh, I saw Mr. Popper's uh, Penguins. Actually, I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah. So you know, I'm, not, I'm trying to think what else he's. In, in. He was in Kick-Ass, like, wasn't he? Yeah, I was thinking, like, I loved Kick-Ass, and then everyone said Kick-Ass 2 sucked, so I didn't see that in the cinema. And then I did, in, I did in fact, watch that, like, on home video later on, and it was, in fact, terrible. Um, <laughs> so so that, was, that was the only film he's been in in recent memory that could have tempted me, and it didn't. So, yeah. And it's a shame. I was a, I, funnily enough, like, trivia about me, he was probably my favorite actor in the world when I was a kid. Uh, Ace Ventura, uh, The Mass... Uh, Batman, uh, well, what's when he's in forever? Um, I was a huge, huge fan of his growing up, and it's kind of disappointing in hindsight that he's, you know, gone the way he's gone. But um, uh, anyway, yeah, how do we get on to that? Uh, well, we did forget Dumb and Dumber 2, that classic. Oh, yeah. And then, again, another movie that in my infinite wisdom as a child, I love Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. But uh, I, I, by the time 2 came out, I was like, all right, I, I can see the forest for the trees on this one. <laughs> You had grown up and seen through Jim Carrey's act. Yeah, I've seen through his lies. Uh, um, Paul Rudd, I think, carries the film. Because th- this, yep. ki- this kind of adheres to a lot of the Marvel formula. They have their big-name actor in Michael Douglas. They have their kind of weird choice, not like conventional superhero, but super charming lead in Paul Rudd. And then, like they have their love interest, they have their villain who wants to steal the power of the hero. It's it, it's pretty like boilerplate Marvel, but Paul Rudd is really really good. Yeah, uh, the only I mean the only thing I think he's kind of missing is is um I feel especially in the early scenes like the prison scene and everything I feel like they're they're trying to give this character a bit of an edge, bit of grit, which yeah. which he doesn't have. He's just too kind of charming. But that's it's really only in the in those opening scenes. The rest of the film he's he's pretty perfect as the. Uh, the, the the lovable scamp anti-hero uh you know yeah he's great and he's very charismatic and he's um he's a guy that i feel like prior to this was kind of bubbling under for the longest time never quite the leading man very much kind of a bridesmaid in that regard um i don't know i i don't know if this will parlay into him being a leading man i mean he, other than civil war i don't know that it's necessarily translated but he certainly does well here yeah and he he picks up his like rom-coms and stuff that do solid business for him yeah. And he was in Parks and Rec, so, you know. Still never seen that. Though. Oh, Barry. I know. Barry. Terrible. Shameful of me. It is. We're going to stop this podcast right now and you're just going to watch <laughs> it. <laughs> just going to sit here and listen as you watch it. But yeah, Paul, Paul Rudd is, and he does have a shirtless scene as is written into the contracts, I'd imagine. Obligatory, yeah. It's just one, it's, it's always one scene. The poor guys work so hard for like literally 10 seconds. Yeah, gotta get you know, gotta get that trailer shot, you know. But yeah, Ant Man. That's 
I do I do have to say, like, this film is before like Doctor Strange comes later, and I think it outdoes it in some regards. But up until now, this is the most visually inventive Marvel film. Yeah, and it really is. And and they, they have a lot of fun with the um uh with the gimmick for lack of a better term. And again, that's kind of where the Edgar Wrightness comes in. Like the uh the, the basically the closing set piece basically really does feel like it's it's just him through and through. Yeah. Like that when they're having the fight on the train tracks and it just hard cuts to the train casually flopping off the tracks like it's no big deal. That is my the, favorite sight gag in the entire MCU. It's like it's, it's seconds before it's like dramatic music swelling up in a big fight scene. I mean that that felt very Edgar Wright to me, the fight in the briefcase. Um you know that that whole scene it's just a weird mishmash of of peril and the climactic battle of an action movie and comedy that's very easy to do wrong, but done expertly well in 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 that scene, um, and, and that is great. And you have, you have the, the training montage where he's learning to use suit again, very visually interesting. All the stuff with the actual ants, uh, yeah, it's it's um uh it's certainly while its kind of script is a little bit uh, uh you know by the numbers on boilerplate it, it it's doing some things at least keep you interested along the way uh yeah so so you know it, the action was 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 really entertaining there actually was a gag toward the end of this film where he he swats the villain into like a bug zapper yes yeah i, I would have been totally okay with that being the end of the film absolutely like if uh, i were a director i would have fought for that it's like this is the end of my film absolutely especially because it had been plenty entertaining up until that point uh, I do think I do think that it, uh, the film is as they all are, is slightly longer than it needs to be. Could have, could have been trimmed a little bit, but uh, yeah, that would have been a great just, like deadpan end to this film. And I'm I'm also so glad that they got the Thomas the Tank Engine license or whatever it took to get Thomas the Tank Engine in this film. Yes, yeah, I remember. I forgot that was in this actually because after I remember being amused by it the first time, but I forgot it was in there. That was that was great, nice little touch. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that costs a lot of money these days. Like, I don't imagine it probably does. Do you think they charge them for that? It's just like we're going to put this this iconic character into this film that like millions of people will see. It seems like a fair trade. I I, I don't know. You know, Hollywood is ruthless. Even when it's Thomas the Tank Engine, the Thomas the Tank Engine people want their payday. They 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 need their cash. Yeah, absolutely. We do have as as bland a villain as you will ever get in this freaking series. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, Peter Russo from House of Cards. You know, not a bad actor or anything, but. But, uh, yeah, what can you do? He's got I mean, nothing you, to work with. Like, he has nothing se- to work with. The second he walks on screen and he's, like, being, like, disingenuous to Pim, you're just like, oh, God, here we go. It's the same exact thing. That's It's it's a real bummer. It's a shame. Good actor. I mean, he's good in House of Cards. This cast is a real who's who of, like, it feels like when they were casting this movie, a, a dude just looked over his shoulder at his, like, box set collection, and it was like, a uh, guy from House of Cards, a uh, guy from Boardwalk, uh, uh, you know, a uh, guy who was, like, a uh, Joker guy in, in Dark Knight, uh, and T.I. And Evangeline Lilly was in Lost as well, so it was just, like, plucking people. Yeah, it is just straight up. It's like okay, all these character actors from these from these you know TV shows. Everyone, every like every thirty seconds in the first forty minutes of this film, you're going, oh, it's so and so. Oh, it's that guy from this thing I've seen. Like it, this is one of those films, really to the nth degree. And then you got Michael Douglas in there of all of all people, um, with his with his creepy CGI Marvel face. Yep, which is, uh, is following the trend of creepy CGI Marvel faces. 
and Disney as well. It's a Disney wide thing because, of course, uh, uh, Star Wars has it. Uh, the Rogue, Rogue One has it. They've mastered um, the technology. Uh, well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I I was impressed. A lot of people weren't. I was impressed in Rogue One. I thought it was decently okay. Uh, we'll get to it in Civil War, but I was not impressed with it at all there. I thought that was like terrifying. It was it and, was the most creepy in Civil War. And and here I was like, it, it was Civil War esque. I maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I forgot that this uh, that that they did this to him. I assumed it was just they make up him, and you know it was Michael Douglas. You can just pass, you can pass him off your color his hair, or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, oh, they they very much like it's really really noticeable. Uh, but hey, you know, when, when you're Disney, I mean, and you have the money they have, I mean, obviously they are at the bleeding edge of most, you know, computer-generated imagery in films, uh, especially since they now own basically everything that is and was George Lucas's, uh, uh, you know, uh, wheelhouse. We just had announcements uh, of new Star Wars and um, Indiana Jones dates yesterday, so it's just like, we're going to churn these films out whether you like it or not. Oh, what are they going to do to poor Harrison Ford film? <laughs> Is that, they're not even going to use. They're not going to use him. It's just going to be CGI. It's just going to be a, a like a, a model from that PS3 game that I don't even think came out. Yeah, but anyway. So yeah, you got you got your CGI Michael Douglas here. I mean, honestly, even though it's such a weird eclectic casting, they're all pretty good. I think the uh, the stepdad figure is 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 good. Um, uh, I like I like his his cronies, uh, um, uh, Ant Man's cronies, uh, Louise and, and Kurt. I mean, they are and. and Whatever Ti's character's name is, I mean, they are again. They're very, they're very wacky and they're very on the nose comic relief. But I thought, I thought they were very, very entertaining. And Asian character herself gets a, a cameo. Yeah, Haley yeah. Atwell. Which actually, back on the CGI thing, I think we've had like four different CGI versions of Haley Atwell at this stage. Yeah, she's been through the ringer. Just like, the rigor. what will we do to her this time? I don't know. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, and kind of in in a similar vein to. Um, to Deadpool getting these weird kind of lower tier X Men for his movie, uh, the only the only Avenger they got was uh, what's the name Hawk? Um, um, no, Hawkeye, someone different. Falcon. Falcon. God, how did I get that messed up? God, there was a lot of birds. Movie. In fairness, a lot of birds. Yeah, and um, I was I remember as I saw this film first, I was like, oh man, it's so so obviously this is the experimental little thing. Where I was like, all right, you guys, let's try and make a, a lower tier character. With a lower budget, uh, yeah, basically, you know. it's just who comes cheapest. Absolutely, it's like, like they have like a weighing scales of like impact versus cost, and they're like it's like Falcon is the perfect balance of like, oh yeah, that guy, but also cheap. And it's like if this bobs, then it doesn't matter because we use the least important tie into the universe. But if it's a success, we did tie it into the universe. Let's go from here. Yeah, and uh, it also, it also sets up our obligatory Avengers fight each other in the middle of the film scene. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, which is probably where I would have trimmed if, if, if you know, the obligatory MCU film needs to be have about twenty minutes trimmed out of it. Probably would have been that could have could have removed that. Although I do I do appreciate it. It, it is at least the test mission, like his first proper mission as Ant Man. So I get that. But uh, but yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a solid film, and I I I did appreciate that they that they brought him back for uh, for Civil War. Yeah, I like this. This film kind of works with genre as well. It's a heist movie. Absolutely, yeah, and I think we've talked before about how the MCU films that do deviate from just standard action uh, tend to have the most success with Winter Soldier, Guard- Guardians, and this. Not, it's not in the Guardians Winter Soldier tier, but it is. It is, um, you know, it is. It is still a, a, a very entertaining film. 
and it held up better on a rewatch than I was expecting. I never, I never went back to this after seeing it in the, in the cinema. I was like, that was good. I'll probably never watch it again. Uh, but obviously, then when I sat down to watch this, I'm, I thought it was a very easy watch, and it went by quite quickly. Uh, so, so yeah, you know, it's, it's solid, and, and you know, your um, your post credit scenes were kind of basic, but they, uh, they, I mean, the the one with the watch, I mean, that is just it was unashamedly. Here's the sequel thing we're doing. Yep. And then the uh, and then the uh, the one with Bucky was unapologetically. Here's your tie to Civil War, which was uh, hot on everyone's mind. I think when this film came out, still still the problem this film had. I kind of feel bad for it. Is just kind of like as well as being kind of a B tier character, people were so looking past it yeah. at the um, at the next the next big blip on the on the timeline. But uh, yeah, you know, it, for, for for what it is, it was a it was a good effort. And it was released like at the end of a summer after an Avengers film, so it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just that little film sitting there. But yeah, it's a fun time. Like Paul Rudd, I think he could literally carry anything. Yeah, and and I think when you look at at the the trend, you know, Thor accepted. Um, I, I think there's I think there's a good precedent for these films kind of coming out, showing you that hey, this character is not too bad, and hey, this actor is pretty good at carrying them, and and it has potential, and hey, care about us even when we don't have the big names because we will deliver and then when the sequel comes around I think there's big potential for this to, to, to really knock it out of the park um, so uh, so yeah I mean we'll, we'll we'll see that's that's a ways off but uh, but uh, we shall see in July 6th 2018 Ant-Man and the Wasp she's she's in the yeah. title as well yeah so so they got they got a you know they got a lot to, we didn't really talk about about that character I mean I, I mean I will say that much she's kind of you know you know standard frustrated uh daughter type wants to be taken seriously you know not not blown away by that character so here's hoping the sequel um gives her uh, some more legs i did think the scenes between her and michael douglas worked they were yeah i mean they were good she certainly wasn't bad i mean uh, you know the, the actress wasn't wasn't bad it was just uh the hope character was just it was just kind of there you know yeah. was just, i mean like you know again boilerplate lots of the the, the villain the 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 frustrated daughter you know the the, the dynamics are all there. The wise old guy who, of course, gets shot at the end. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's all it's all there. You know, that's 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 par for the course at this stage. Uh, so yeah, but again, you know, it came, came together quite well, I thought. Yeah, that is Ant Man, which I'm not sure is it a sequel to Ants or a Bug's Life, but either way, I'm into it. Ooh, which one in the Disney must? Oh well, a Bug's Life, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, clearly, yeah, because it's it's canon. All those bugs are in uh, a Bug's Life. I wonder if like. Freeze frame, zoom in is like flick in the background. <laughs> underground by Kevin Spacey. Now there's a crossover. Yeah, oh, get Kevin Spacey in one of these movies. Kevin you, Spacey done an MCU movie yet? Not yet, but it is inevitable. That is, yeah. I mean, when you look at, I mean, God, yeah, Michael Douglas in this one, and and, and a couple of other big names, Tommy Lee Jones and, and Robert Redford, and all these people, all these like kind of prestige actors that they just throw into these films. It's like, look, take us seriously. Who could Kevin Spacey be in MCU? He could play Lex Luthor because he was in Superman. I was, I was like, what? The, he wasn't a superhero film. I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, but the, you know, you know what the problem is. The problem is, they. I think it would be very likely they would cast him, but he would be one of these bad villains that nobody likes. Yeah. Uh, like, like, like in this. Or what I was thinking is, you know, what they'd cast him as? They'd cast him as a military sergeant in another Hulk film. Oh, no, no, like he's the, please, no. He's, he's, the guy, he's the guy who wants to capture Hulk and experiment on him, and he complete, they completely waste him. Whereas, you know, I, I would like him to see, I don't know, 
like he's a bit old, but let's do a timeline where you know we've got young, we've got a super young Spider Man. Let's have an old ass Venom. Let's have you know sixty five year old Eddie Brock or something. Just just give Kevin Spacey something to sink his teeth into. Uh, but uh, I I doubt that will happen. I was but hey, say, you I was know, gonna say a kingpin, but they have one already, don't they? Uh, do they? Uh, oh, they do. Yes, and he is excellent. He, he is, is excellent. So, so that's that's fine. Uh, but hey, you know what? Maybe maybe the MCU villain thing will will turn around here as we enter the the, the phase three home stretch. I mean, I have high hopes for uh, Michael Keaton as Vulture because I think Vulture is a, a an intriguing villain. I think that's something they haven't done before, and it's it's he has an interesting background. My understanding of the character, and I'm pretty Michael sure Keaton. that also makes it a sequel to Birdman. Yes, that is that is definitely true. Uh, that's that's confirmed. We you know we've confirmed that here on this podcast. Um, but uh, I mean that's a great casting. I mean that is really great, and that's 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 going to be a villain with some real potential. So um, so who knows what the uh, the next few years of MCU will hold? I'm I'm intrigued for um, for Guardians two, which obviously we're recording this in the lead up to that coming out because um, this is the sequel. So I'm expecting it to be as good. But I, I I would also hope that they um they patch some of the holes from the first one and that would include giving us a nice villain to really sink our teeth into. Who's playing um, the villain in this one? Do we know? I I have no clue. I know they've cast Kurt Russell. He's playing uh, the dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They've they've said that. I mean, they, I actually I actually did not watch the second trailer for this because I, I I was like I love Guardians. I watched the original trailer, which was great. I don't want to watch anymore. And then, sure enough, when I went to see Logan, they played it before, and it's like, "Oh, great! Thanks, movies." I was <laughs> deliberately avoiding this, but um, yeah. So they they showed him. So he's in it. I I'm sure there'll be a twist halfway through the film where you think he's working with the bad guys, but actually not. I don't know if they've addressed the villain situation. It would it would hardly be Thanos. You'd imagine not, right? Not this far out from the Infinity War. You wouldn't think so, but they do they do want to start start tying things together in theory. Although, I guess they could. Like, I mean, Infinity War Part 1's what, next year? Uh, next summer, yeah. I mean, there's only going to be two or three movies before then, so I, I guess they could. They could start the Thanos thing now, do the next two or three movies back on Earth. Everyone's completely unaware that that stuff is popping off in space, do some post-credit scenes. I, I guess they could. I guess they could. Um, yeah, between now and Infinity the- War, we have Spider-Man, Thor, and Black Panther. Spider-Man, you, you know, will be completely self-contained. By, I mean, Stark is going to be the mentor, but you, that's going to be a Spider-Man story, I imagine. Not any kind of far-reaching Avengers thing. Thor will uh, probably drag some of the some of the broader universe in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you had if you had Thanos as the villain in Guardians, you could you could allude to it. You could perhaps Thor is made wise of the of the conflict involving Thanos, and and that's that. And then Black Panther. I mean, Black Panther. For all we know, I mean, that could be a prequel. That could be anything. I mean, that's. That's again probably going to be self-contained. So who knows? I mean, yeah, this. I mean, if there was a, if there, based on the success of the first one, I mean, the first one wasn't just a critical success. I mean, Guardians was like a, a monster hit at the box office. I mean, if you wanted, if you wanted a film to really plant the seeds of of the Infinity War, like some significance, it's not the little ones we've gotten so far. I, I mean, you'd imagine this is the one to really kick something off because it's the one that I think everyone's going to be rushing out to see this week. And it's the one that kind of supposedly brings the Guardians and the Avengers together, so it would make sense to have Thanos in it. Yeah, finally, I mean, finally, this is all going to start bearing fruit. Not that, not that it's been, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about how how great a lot of these films have been, but it's kind of cool, you know, for for the positives and negatives of the universe. We're now getting to the point where things are going to start knitting together, and some payoffs are going to be had, and and uh, it's exciting. I don't and, think everyone uh, needs to die. Yeah, I think there needs to be some death. I don't know if there should be any death in this one in Guardians 2 I don't know that that's necessarily no probably uh, not 
But in Infinity War, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I think I think that needs to be a thing. I mean, you know, uh, I suppose it depends on what their plans are post Infinity War. You know, I don't think which I don't think anyone really truly knows. But um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're very excitedly debating the tail end of this phase at Guardians Two. But uh, we're fantasy booking the hell we, out of the MCU right now. Where we have, we've got our we've got our we're sitting down by the pool with Pat Patterson. We got our notepads out. <laughs> And we're planning. We're planning the next six months worth of TV, uh, but that that is not yet. We got what one? We got two more films to cover before we then get to Guardians Two. Is that right? Yep, Civil War and Doctor Strange. Yeah, two good movies, and then hopefully number three, Guardians Two, on the way. That's a, a long detour away from Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, which it's a shame. I mean, I mean, we talked about how Ant Man was like this good, solid thing. But to be clear, I mean, there's ten thousand things more interesting going on in the MCU. I mean, it is, it, I mean, it is ultimately just a, a fun, above-average, heisty summer blockbuster to watch, uh, which, given the source material and the turmoil involved in making it, is commendable, but it's not. It's not a, you know, it's not a Guardians-tier thing. Indeed. Before we go, Barry, plugs? Uh, Twitter.com slash the Barry Lads is where you can go to find me chatting about various things going on in my life, wrestling, video games, movies, all the other stuff. Uh, the Barry Lad on Letterboxd as well. Uh, Garrett, I'll give you the inside scoop on something, actually. Uh, I, I do have a website I'm working on at the moment just to post uh, various reviews and musings on things that, that don't fit on other mediums. Uh, that's just going to be thebarrylad.com. Nothing nothing too fancy on there. You're uh, expanding the brand, are you? I'm expanding the brand. I bought a WordPress site. I'm going big, baby. So, uh, so again, that'll just be little reviews, little tidbits, things here and there. Um, so, yeah, you can follow those places for... Uh, for more chat about uh, movies and games and TV shows and stuff. That is the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Barry for once again contributing his time. And next week, Rob Reed on to talk about other stuff in the MCU. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast a Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network or subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.